rookies have officially given up and given in. A challenge OG goes down for the count. Josh is the Big Brother alum on the outs with the Big Brother and Vet Alliance, not Fessy. A CT sighting has occurred, thank the Lord. And Gabo absolutely fucking steals the show, even if he ends up going home. Sorry, dude. We love you, though. It's the Challenge Spies, Lies, and Allies episode 5 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated challenge historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very, very much for being here with us today. Wow, what an episode. Spies, Lies, and Allies, episode five. It delivered. It's in the books. And while it was an action-packed and an overall really good episode, it was nothing like the episode that we were expecting. Most of what we expected to see didn't really take place. So a lot to unpack with what did go down. And as always, we will do so via the following agenda. First, a Cliff Notes recap of everything that happened in the episode start to finish. Then we will dive into the main storyline of the week and walk our way through the episode again under that lens. Follow that up with a comment or two on the secondary storylines of the episode. Then a dive into the daily challenge and elimination because this is the fifth professional sport after all. And we'll finish it up with some awards, best and worst strategy, best quote, best moment, MVP, power rankings, and of course some predictions for the season moving forward. We've got our hands full this week, so... We are going to go ahead and just dive right on in to that episode recap. Here we go. Episode 5, Spies, Lies, and Allies. It was a good one. All right, as always, we are kicking things off with a Cliff Notes recap of everything that just went down on this fantastic episode. Episode number 5, Spies, Lies, and Allies. As quickly as we can, but as usual, a lot happened. So, We'll make it as quick as we can, but we're covering it all. Everything that happened, plot-wise, spies, lies, and allies. Here we go. Three, two, one. Let's begin. Post-elimination, we re-enter the house, and Amber is the star. Not so much Huey as Devin cuts him off, blocking him from view and from any shine as they walk into the house. Gabo then takes center stage early and often. Fire quotes coming out of Gabo from the interview room. Amber and Josh have a powwow in the rain, notebook style, some others might say. Meanwhile, all the other veteran women meet with Fessy in one of the bedrooms to let him explain himself, and they all kind of conclude that Fessy is still all right, and Josh and they're all team fessy i guess then we get logan and teaching big t how to defend herself except you know instead of listening to his lessons she's more just daydreaming about another form of wrestling she could be doing with logan more to come on that we head to the daily challenge it's called minefield both partners start in the middle of a big old field where it looks like a tough mutter of sorts is set up they each have to complete an obstacle course out to either side over and over to retrieve puzzle pieces bring them back to their board in the center the final puzzle piece for each partner is a math problem where once they solve they give their partner the code to their own safe they get the last puzzle pieces out once all the puzzle pieces are on their board they can solve it first to solve wins the mission now mid-race there is a big old tall board they have to keep climbing over and over as they go back and forth down this obstacle course and anisa og legend vet 
wonderful woman, Anissa, takes a steep fall from the top of that wall and ends up separating her shoulders, sending her to the hospital. While everyone else looks good on obstacles, literally everyone looks good in this mission, most end up not looking so good when they have trouble with the math problem at the end. Only Emmanuel and Casey and CT and Berna actually get through the math problem portion of this challenge onto the actual puzzle itself. Emmanuel Casey getting their first, CT Berna getting their right on their heels. When CT tells Berna, step back, I got this. He puts the puzzle together with ease. Boom, they win. CT Berna, now they hold the power. CT, for the first time all season, is starting to take center stage. Back in the house, Anissa returns and tells everyone she has to go home. It's horrible. It's sad. We hate it. She can't compete. We pour one out for a legend. Anissa is gone, leaving Logan solo without a partner. Everyone heads to the bar. Ed dominates the dance floor, even impressing a man well, professional dancer. And God damn, CT looks good. Anyways, Gabo tells Nani that he wants to go into elimination and win so that he can pick her back because he and Emmy just can't work together at all. Meanwhile, Devin talks to Logan. They hash out that Logan wants to go in as well and be able to pick his own partner. Now that Anissa is gone, he expects male-on-male elimination. He doesn't want to just get paired with the leftover he wants to pick. Devin follows up that one-on-one conversation with a group laugh between he, Kyle, and CT about how dumb the rookies are and how easy this is for all of the veterans this season. Back at the house, Big T is invited back to Logan's bed by Logan himself. She accepts. Hand things ensue, according to Logan. Then it's breakfast, and while Kyle pokes fun at Logan and Big T, Casey is just trying to do the dishes when Josh confronts her. They argue... Casey makes it known that she rides with Fessy, and Josh is just on the outs no matter what he does, and they don't need to work together anymore this season. They can just be done talking all together. Ouch. Nominations seem smooth as Logan and Gabo both are willing to go in, thinking it's a guys-only elimination. They both want to go. They both want to pick a partner. That's that. Until Huey somehow ends up standing on his chair and then almost standing on top of the table to proclaim that he isn't a bad guy. No one was really calling him a bad guy. Drawing attention, but ultimately not votes. Logan is going in as the house vote. In the layer, Logan is in. CT and Berna pick Gabo. And after a classic TJ fakeout to the women, we get a one-on-one elimination between the two men. Called higher assets. Each player climbs a rope up until they are high enough to see the answer key to the puzzle on the ground. Then come down and put the puzzle together. Go up and down as much as needed to get the puzzle right. And you win. Early on, looks like Logan is going to dominate. He has been training to be a firefighter, we turns out, making the first few trips up the rope ladder very, very easy. Seems to have the memory game down much better than Gabo, but after a failed first check, Gabo is back in the race. Logan's arms are giving out on him. Gabo gets two chances at it, but also gets it wrong. A final climb between both leads to Logan finding his mistake, fixing it first, and getting the W. Gabo's going home. Logan's staying. He picks Nani in a bit of a surprise to a very disgruntled Huey who thought Gabo was the threat to steal his partner back from him, not Logan. But now Logan takes Nani, pairing uh, Huey and Emmy together. What a pairing that is set to be. And that is where our episode ends. Woo! All right. Wow. As you can tell by the fact that that took, I don't know, what, four and a half, five minutes? A lot happened this episode. So, That's all that happened, plot-wise, theatrics-wise, all of that. Let's go ahead and move into talking about our main storyline of the week and work our way back through that episode with the lens of that main storyline and discuss what really went down and what really matters for this season of Spies, Lies, and Allies. All right, so the main storyline of this episode was certainly not what we expected. After the end of last episode, and even... 
as MTV always kind of seems to do, a little bit of, you know, misleading, if you will, to be nice with their next week on and all their clips and all this and that. Uh, We thought this episode was going to be all centered on Josh, Fessy, Amber Casey, the whole Big Brother alliance in shambles after last week. Turns out, not the case. Somehow, Big Brother falling apart or the veteran alliance falling apart was not the main storyline. It was kind of in the background because it took the backseat to the rookies just giving up. That was basically the storyline of the week is that on the fifth episode, after the first four rounds of competition and elimination, all of the rookies, any potential leaders of any rookie alliance are long gone. Michaela's not here. Kells ain't here. Corey's not here. Michelle's not here. Any possible leadership amongst the rookies to gather amongst themselves and go against the vets is gone. And in its place is a bunch of rookies clinging to their veteran partners, hoping that they will continue to be safe because of that partnership. And that turns out not to be the case because, of course, the vets are going to keep going for the rookies. And even with all these fractures, all this drama, all this you know, issues between the Big Brother Alliance. All that goes to the side, and it's just, you know, the rookies giving up completely. So that's your main storyline. The rookies give in for good and completely roll over and just allow the vets to continue running the game right on over top of them. So that's our main storyline. And mostly it was a Gabo and Logan-centric storyline. The whole way through the episode, it was clear from the edit early on that those two were at least if not going against each other, which I think, you know, pretty early in the episode, you could have predicted with pretty good certainty that those two were going to face off in the elimination. Maybe you couldn't have predicted that Anissa was going to get hurt and they were, you know, going to go in one-on-one versus with their partners. But we came into the episode, regardless of what we were thinking, we thought uh, Gabo and Emmy would probably be going in the way everything's been going. The vets purposely, you know, match up to get this rookie-rookie pair and whatnot. But it ends up turning into a Gabo-Logan kind of love fest, deservingly, because these two are both great, as we will talk about throughout this whole podcast. Um, but it becomes the rookies just completely giving up in a Gabo and Logan-centric episode that ends with them competing against each other. So let's go through that and talk a little bit about that. As we just said, out the gate, out, out, out of the gate, not so much Logan, but Gabo. We know almost instantly, like uh, 30 seconds into this, we're getting multiple Gabo interviews back to back, and he's just spitting fire in the interview room. Uh, later in the podcast, we'll get to quote of the week, but there's a good chance, just spoiler alert right now for the end of this podcast, there's a very good chance that quote of the week is just like 12 Gabo quotes and no one else. Um, he dominated the interview room in this episode. But out of the gate, we know... Almost without certainty, he's going in. We think he's going in. Coming into the episode, we think he and Emmy are going in. And then just the focus on him early and often makes it very clear he's about to go into the episode. Um, And, you know, that's just clear from the beginning. Now, then we do get our one and only brief glance at the whole Big Brother fallout, which we thought, again, would be the whole storyline of the whole episode. We thought... You know, way back in the original trailer for this ep- for this season, excuse me, we saw a Josh and Fessy argument and kind of fight a little shoving match. Figured that was coming right now, coming this episode, right after what happened on the podium of the elimination in the last episode, coming right back into the house. And instead, all we get out of that is just that there's a little powwow between Amber and Josh and Fessy and 
everyone else. And we'll talk more about that in the secondary storyline because that's where it ended up. It was just a completely secondary storyline. We moved on from it. We didn't see it again. We didn't really talk about it again other than one brief shady moment which we'll talk about later because it's one of my favorite of the episode. But anyways, that moves to the side. And along with Gabo, Logan comes to center stage. At first, it's not clear. You know, he comes to center stage thanks to his romance with Big T, which let's just stop here and talk about that for a moment. Logan and Big T, they're freaking perfect. I... (laughs) I have loved many a couple, many a showmance, many a romance, many a love story that have come out of the challenge house over 36 and now a half plus seasons of this show. And, you know, this isn't, you know, it's too early, too young to say this is, you know, anywhere near my favorite romance to ever come out of this show. But early on, this is one of the most adorable and most amazing and the most just heartwarming and just perfect freaking relationships and showmances or romances or cuddles or whatever this is that we're seeing, um, whatever it turns out to be, we love it. We ship it. We, this is just the best. Big T is one of the greatest humans this world has ever produced. Maybe the best. We, we argued that last on last season, double agents. Um, it wasn't actually on the podcast. Uh, it was just to myself and my own thoughts, but I did argue over and over. I think I at least mentioned it in the preview podcast for the season. I think Big T might be one of the best humans literally ever created on this earth. Logan seems great too. They seem wonderful together. The whole scene of them, you know, him teaching her to defend herself, which more just turns into Big T trying to find ways to wrestle him to the ground and insinuate that, hey, Maybe we could we could do a little wrestling in a different form later on, which eventually does happen. Um, they're just the best. Uh, both great people. And all I got to say about the two of them possibly together uh, is that Logan, don't fuck this up. Again, Big T, one of the greatest human beings to walk this earth. Don't mess it up. You've got you've you've caught a fucking great one there. My guy, you seem like a great guy. I've slowly but surely gotten over the fact that you're kind of, you know, my whole thing of how I eventually wanted to get on the challenge was with this hair and you're kind of the guy with the hair this season. I'm getting over that. I'm trying my best. You seem like a genuine great guy. Don't mess this up. You and Big T are freaking amazing. So we love everything about that. And so we wonder as he kind of takes a little bit of center stage, is it just because of this romance angle they're trying to play up or is it more? We get into the daily challenge and we, we know going right in immediately that if Gabo and Emmy don't win, they're going into the elimination. Regardless of at this point in the episode, what we think of, you know, is the vet still going to break up? Is Big Brother still a complete mess? We know that whatever happens between all of the vets, even if they decide someone's got to go in, someone, you know, wrangles up the votes or the courage to throw someone in or gains the power in the daily, we know they're going to go in versus the rookie rookie team of Gabo and Emmy if they don't win. It's very crystal clear by this point of the season that they they purposely had, you know, Devin be chosen last episode as a partner so they could create this rookie rookie team. They're going in. Gabo and Emmy, if they don't win, are going in and they don't win. Um, while most of this, uh, daily challenge, which I loved, we'll talk much more in depth about it later, um, was set up pretty well for their team. The math part, as we find out is not Gabo's strong suit, which look, I get it. He's, he claims he doesn't finish high school. 
He's not the only one that has 0% chance, speaking of math, 0% chance of getting this math equation right. And one of the other ones that doesn't have a chance of getting it right, it seems, either is Emmy, who I will say I adore, I've enjoyed having on this season, but she tries to take the, my partner fucks me over, you know, he can't do math, and so we have no chance of winning. I don't don't know that we saw you get the math problem right either. And again, no shade towards you. It seems like literally four people got the math problem right. Maybe four, maybe that's it. The four that end up going on to actually get to put the puzzle together. And um, as all that's going down, as everyone can't finish their math problem, Anissa goes down. And I don't know if we'll talk about it later on or not, kind of come up, you know, it's not a best moment. It's a moment of the episode, but it's certainly not a best moment as far as enjoying it. So we'll talk about it right here, um, right now. Anissa goes down. There's a big, tall wall. I mean, that wall does uh, look, I don't know, 10 feet tall. I mean, most some of the taller guys standing next to it, reaching up, aren't anywhere near the top. So I'm thinking, you know, if Fessy is jumping down actively from it, jumping pretty far down, that's 10, maybe 12 feet, 13 feet tall. She takes a tumble from the top of it, and that was honestly my first thought without even remembering. Now that after it happened, you kind of remember in the trailer, we see someone with a shoulder injury kind of clearly. We don't know who it is or when it happens or anything, but um, without even kind of remembering that, when I first see that wall in the first time, it's one of the first things they have to go over. In the obstacle course of the daily, they had to kind of go, there's like Five, I don't know how many sections there were, maybe four sections where you go through the first one, get a puzzle, come back, go through one and two, get a puzzle, come back, one, two, three, come back all the way through. So they had to go over that wall, like I think at least three times, on, or well, six times, out and back, so uh, twice each, three different times, six times, and the first moment I saw anyone go over the wall, my heart kind of sank thinking that... That's really high. All these people, no one, you know, they're, they're speeds of the essence. No one's climbing down the backside of this. They're jumping down. And I just, I knew right away, like, we're in for bad news. Just the way the last few scenes of the challenge gone, it's just injuries are starting to pile up. This is starting to, you know, uh, is as shitty of it, this analogy is to make. It's more and more looking like a real sport just based on the injury report every single week coming out of the challenge, which is horrible. Um, but... Anissa takes the jumps off the top, takes the rough fall, lands right on her shoulder, and instantly knows something's wrong. Yells out, needs a medic, comes over, and we're hoping in the moment that you know that maybe the shoulder just popped out, and as painful as that is, that they can just pop it back in, and you know they lose the challenge, but that daily challenge. But you know she ices it down, the pain goes away, and she's she's good to go. Um, turns out eventually, you know, separated shoulder brutal, super painful. Um, I thankfully have never done that. I'm not speaking from experience, but I've had some close friends who have done that, that are badass, tough MFers. And I, I can just tell you from knowing what they went through that super painful injury. She handled that like a goddamn champion. Um, and which she is while she's never won one of these seasons, she's a champion. She's a legend. She's an OG. And as much as she's been completely in the background of this season, um, you know, we love Anissa. We absolutely adore Anissa. She's one of the narrators of the show at this point. We love seeing her make the final in All-Stars and just everything about her. We thought she was set up for success. Uh, We predicted that she would finally make a finals, uh, another final. She's been to a few, but make another one here from, it's been a little while since she made one on the regular show. We thought she was going to get there this season and an injury derails it. Hate to see it, but we pour one out 
for an absolute legend, an absolute OG. We love her to death. And we know all of you out there, too. If you're listening to this, you're a fan of the challenge. And if you're a fan of the challenge, you're a fan of Anissa. Whether you want her on the show or not at this point, you're a fan of Anissa because she's she's a real one. She's amazing. We love her. She goes out. Logan's now on his own. They're out of the daily. Gabo and Emily aren't going to – Gabo and Emmy. Emmy are not going to win. CT, Berna end up winning. They secure the vet rookie pair where the vet has the power in that pairing. And we know at that point, third of the way into the episode, Gabo and Emmy, they're going in. Logan, you're probably going into whether or not it's guy, guy or guy, girl, we're still going to sort out. But CT getting the win with Berna, knowing CT has the power in that relationship, they're, those two are going in. So, we then come to find out that that's completely true. Logan and Gabo both give up. We have the bar scene. Uh, you know, Nisa goes home. We have the bar scene. Logan says, you know, I don't want to just get paired with someone I want to pick. So you guys can throw me in. That's fine. Gabo says, I can't work with Emmy. I want Nani back. Throw me in. I don't care. We're the rookie rookie team. Get me in there. Let me try to win. Let me try to get Nani back. And we'll talk in worse strategy this it's not a great strategy. I get I get the situation they were in, and I totally get the idea of just just go with it, own it, live it, you know, just you know, be like, if I'm going in anyways, I'm not gonna go around kissing feet, I'm not gonna try to wheel and deal, I'm not gonna try to do anything other than just say, fuck it, I'm going in, I'll do it with my head held high, I'll go in confident, I'll win, and I'll come back. And when two people both do that, not both of you can come back. But the vets rejoice. Um I guess we don't have to cover it 100% here because we can, I guess we could talk about it in best strategy later, even though it's not even, you know, it's like the, it's like the after effects of good strategy early on, but we get the, the great moment between uh, Devin and Kyle and CT when Devin delivers the news that, Hey, guess what? Uh, Logan wants to go in just like Gabo. So I guess we have no work to do anymore. The vets just fucking win. And all of them just laugh their heads off. CT's like, oh, I have the power and I don't even have to get my answer. This is amazing. All that goes down. We get to the nominations. They're obviously going to throw in Logan. CT opens the whole thing up with saying, hey, Logan and Gabo have basically both offered to go in. Well, let's all vote for Logan. I swear on everyone in this room, Berna does too. We'll throw in Gabo. There we go. Logan, Gabo, it's all done, right? And somehow Huey interjects um he finds out that Gabo wants to go in to try to get Nani back he isn't having that and somehow he ends up standing first standing up then standing on his chair then threatening to stand on the table and just finding a way to interject himself into the into the whole proceedings and potentially at least we kind of get the little cliff note commercial break of is Huey going to get voted instead are they going to decide Gabo and Huey should go together which um if you follow our Instagram you know I went live for a brief moment in that commercial break saying, give us the Nani Olympics Gabo versus Huey, but we didn't get it. Um, Huey interjects himself to no avail, can't get himself thrown in again. So we end up getting the one-on-one between Logan and Gabo. Gabo goes home. We'll talk about the actual elimination later when we cover the elimination in our fifth professional sports segment. Um, But the the final thing we want to say, he will come up. A few more times, especially in the quote of the week element, which may just be his quotes. But Gabo's a fucking legend. All right. He (laughs) there's so many rookies this season and with so many rookies and especially when a well cast rookie group, you know, they 
we came into the season, we were like, you know, there's 19 rookies. They're from all over the world, from all kinds of different shows. And as someone who's a diehard, like, you know, diehard challenge fan, but diehard old school challenge fan, I'm definitely one of the people that, you know, has my gripes and my concerns about where the show is now versus where it was. That's all for a different podcast. But so I definitely am someone who came came in with like 19 rookies from all over the world. You know, there's not going to be a lot of screen time for everyone. Are we sure, you know, how how good could all these people be? Are they going to be interesting television? Are they going to be good competitors? All this stuff. And it turns out almost all of them so far have been really good. Every Almost every, no, not almost, every single week, at least one, if not both, of the people that have gone home, which all of them have been rookies, I've been very sad about. I've been very upset and kind of, you know, while it's always been, you know, because there's so many, each episode we find we kind of start to learn more, get more from the rookie that eventually goes home. Um, we I end up falling in love with over that one episode with that person who then goes home, which is uh, great job by the person themselves, great job by the editing team, the challenge, everyone for casting these people, putting them in a position to succeed and win our hearts, and then only doing so right as they go out the door. So it's happened over and over, and it happened again on this one. Gabo is a fucking legend. I love this guy. I had an, a, a hint that I might love this guy from the brief occurrences we saw from him. Um, I will still ride with my favorite moment of the whole season from him, and honestly, a top five moment of the entire season overall is in episode zero, the uh, the like when they all got to the house that Monday night special activation special or whatever that they should have marketed as the first episode because half the audience didn't watch it, and it's one of the many reasons this show is having poor ratings right now. Um, anyways, uh, on that show, they all get into the house for the first time. It's just the international players there. There's a buffet out. Gabo goes, grabs a plate, sits down. And then Nam tries to talk to him. All the resumes have just been dropped off and Nam's kind of freaking out. He wants someone to talk to. He, he yells all this stuff at Gabo and Gabo's only response is like, bro, I'm just trying to eat. And I lost it when I saw that. I loved it. It was just amazing. Um, as said multiple times by Emmy in this episode, somewhat fairly, somewhat unfairly, you know, he might've been there just to have a good time to party, but also he, he was partnered with Nani. He thought, you know, I'm safe. I'm going to have a good time. My whole goal in all of my life was to be a Jersey Shore character, which he lived out on his version of the show, Warsaw Shore. Now he's on MTV in America. He's living his life dream, but he's a legend. Everything he does in this episode, we got so much of him and we loved every second of it. We do hope we see him back again, but he goes home. Logan gets to stay. The rookie's continue to be eliminated. The vets continue to skate on by easy going, easy peasy for the vets. And that was the main storyline of the week. So with that, let's transition into a few of the secondary storylines. And again, a few of them were the ones we expected to be the main, but they weren't, but they're still worth talking about briefly. So let's talk some secondary storylines from this episode. On to the secondary storylines. We've got three of them uh, here to discuss. The first one was the one we thought was going to be the main storyline of the week, and that is the Big Brother Alliance falling apart, officially being no more, it seems, because, uh, you know, we're not going to call a two-person alliance between Fessy and Casey a Big Brother Alliance. That's just, you know, they each got their number ones across the way in the house. But uh, 
there was almost no fallout, which is just kind of shocking. Everything, you know, the way the last episode ended, everything pointed towards this episode being all about Fessy and Josh going at it. Casey, Fessy, Josh, Amber hashing out where they all stand with each other, where the vets stand with each other. The first vet was targeted. We get early on in this episode, um, you know, one of the first interview segments we see is Tori mentioning that the first vet took a shot at a vet and that the war is on. And then after that, almost nothing between them. We get the one scene right away of kind of the only fallout esque scene of what happened last week that we see is Josh and Amber go outside immediately have a little powwow kind of in the rain over on the little side porch and Josh you know lets it be known like I had I, I tried everything I possibly could you saw most of me trying everything I possibly could I don't agree with this I don't like this you're you know my number one as much as anyone right now and you know I'm riding with you and on the flip side of that you know we see that first and you're thinking Okay, so Josh and, you know, he's apologizing profusely to Amber. He's all team Amber. Everyone else is going to be on the same page of like, what the fuck, Fessy? You're a dick. What are you doing? It wasn't a good strategy. She's back and, you know, fully expected Fessy to be on the outs coming into this episode. And then when you see that Fessy or excuse me, that Josh Amber moment, you think Fessy's on the outs. And then it flips from Josh and Amber into the inside into one of the rooms and it's Fessy with Anissa and Tori and Nani and Casey and maybe some others. They, they didn't do a full pan of the room, but at least those four, if not more, of the veteran women. And Fessy kind of explains his side, that him and Amber basically hadn't literally spoken a word the entire time she had been in the house this season until the moment he mentioned to Josh that he may want to throw her in and then she had tried to confront him in some way and he just explained you know I I didn't want her around here I wanted her out we're not I'm not in alliance with her I told Josh that and that was it and they all seem to align with him they're all cool with it it's not said out loud but the the kind of quiet part is never really said out loud it seems like maybe all of them in that room decided that you know Amber won last season. She proved herself very capable of true champion in the final challenge and by winning with CT and, you know, prove that she's a threat to win again if she sees another final. And maybe my my kind of just assumption from all of them is, hey, uh, you know, uh, if one of the guys wants to be the ones to target one of the good female partners they could have in a final to knock out another good female competitor that we don't have to go against in a final so be it. Have at it. Go ahead, Fessy. But they're all on Fessy's side. And we learned that very quickly. And uh, we learned basically that Josh is the one on the outs, not Fessy. Fessy is fine. All the vets are fine with him. Him and Casey ride or die till the end. She picks him over Josh. Josh is on the out. And we kind of already know this. And then we get final confirmation between he and Casey, Casey trying to do the dishes, Love, lovely person, way to, way to go, someone in this house being clean and doing the dishes, notoriously the challenge houses are an absolute mess from over the years, different interviews and everyone over the years, so hats off to you Casey for trying to keep a clean and tidy kitchen around there, Josh comes in hot um, during that and confronts her and she lets it be known in no uncertain terms that hey, I ride with Fessy, we're not playing each other's game. You're trying to sit here and tell me how, you know, everything you do is for the three of us when everything you do is for you. And 
you know, we I'm choosing Fessy over you is basically what it comes down to. Josh has a point in this conversation. Everything he does is, you know, he is ride or die for the three of them. He is ride or die for Big Brother. He's just the only one of the three of them that was ride or die for any Big Brother player and then got partnered up with the fourth wheel of that Big Brother alliance, Amber, when she came back in. She was never fully a part of it last season on Double Agents, and she was never fully part of it on this season. He embraced her because he's her partner, and, you know, that led to Casey and Fessy saying, nah, we're done, and Casey literally says, nah, we're done. We don't have to talk. She says, we don't have to talk the rest of the season, it's insane. It was teased in the, the the next week on on this, and you got really concerned. They teased it in a way, classic MTV challenge, Buna Murray, all of them, classic uh, editing choice in the um, to just show the clip of saying Casey saying we're done, whatever, and just literally like a few words like we're done in a very serious phase, and you you think that maybe oh my god is she talking to Nani? And thank goodness she wasn't. She was talking to Josh, but her and Josh are done. Big Brother is done. It's now just Fessy and Casey over here, Josh and Amber over there. Fessy and Casey still kind of aligned with all the other vets. Josh and Amber, maybe not so much. So Big Brother Alliance is done. We get a little bit of it. A little bit of it was a lot of it, though. It explained everything we needed to know. It wasn't what we were expecting. It's what we got, and it was a secondary storyline. Moving on, the other, the second of the three kind of storylines going on then was the romance in the air for another episode five episodes in every single one has featured romance for all those people out there complaining uh, I see a lot of people have had a lot of comments that some out there not thinking the season is all that great yet which I completely disagree with I think this has been a fantastic season so far and still has the potential to be an absolutely great season moving forward and one of the reasons of many ones is, you know, in the last few seasons, some of the things we've complained about of kind of the old school challenge not being around anymore and it being way too strategy and game focused is the romance wasn't there. Now the romance is in the air everywhere. As Anissa notes, she claims actually that this is the season with the most romance she's ever been on, which maybe is a stretch, but you know, she's great in the interview room. She's trying to, you know, being a little hyperbolic, we're not going to blame her for that, but romance is everywhere. Uh, most uh, importantly, between Logan and Big T, who have the great little, you know, teaching her to wrestle. She's kind of coming back. And eventually we see after Logan's partner, Anissa, goes home via injury. He knows he's kind of on the chopping block, probably going to go into elimination, knowing he might be going home the very next night. He invites Big T into his bed to make sure if this is going to happen, it's got to happen now just in case. And we love to see it. We talked about that earlier. We get Jeremiah and Amber very briefly, but a quick, quick couple clips of them cuddling by the pool. We get Casey and Nani. Quick clips cuddling by the pool. Those two going strong, even though we haven't really seen any of it. I'm sure, hopefully, maybe those two seem very, very safe. I'm guessing they're going to be around for many episodes to come. We'll get to see more from them. Um, but uh, yeah, again, as Anissa notes, everyone has a cuddle buddy but her, and then she unfortunately has to go home, so she doesn't get to find one. And while we may we that 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 statement by her may seem hyperbolic, there's a chance that we're just not seeing a lot. You know, we're seeing a good amount. We got Logan Big T, we got Jeremiah Amber, we got Casey Nani, we got Nelson and Berna getting a couple fun moments in this one when Berna wins. Her and Nelson, you know, celebrate together. They say neither of us are going home. They're great, everything like that. So we've got, you know, four couple-ish in the house. We got, 
you know, Amanda and Fessy still maybe going on. We got Ashley's anger lurking in the background with Nelson and Berna. We got a lot, and we might not even be seeing all of it, as we talked about in the review preview for this episode um, on the Instagram Live last week. We found out Fessy and Bettina was the thing on the show in between he and Amanda being a thing on the show, and that had just been completely edited out. Also, side note on that is Bettina officially just getting edited out of the show completely because we've literally seen her, I think, one twice the whole season. The very episode zero, um, we got introduced to her. It seemed like, you know, she's a player on the season and everything. She wasn't being edited out then. And then one first episode, second episode, we got her in that iconic laugh, that walrus-like laugh of hers and that great face Corey made at her for that laugh. But then ever since then, we haven't seen her a second, like any interviews, um, any moments of her talking on screen, we barely glimpsed her in microseconds passing by in like within a daily challenge overhead view where we see everyone. So don't know what's going on there. Don't know if we're going to get any Bettina or if something happened there where she's, she's getting cut out of the show. Don't know, but romance is in the air. It's going strong. And now thanks to Logan coming back, he and Big T going strong. We got Jeremiah and Amber there. We got Casey and Nani. We got Nelson and Berna. We got couples all over the place. And now we also should be mentioned have Tori and Manuel. Emmanuel gets the love note from Michelle on her way out. She leaves a note for him. And of course, who's there to comfort him in his loss? But Tori, who just Tori, Tori, Tori. We love Tori. We've mentioned on this podcast before. We're a little bit of a Tori stan account. We freaking love Tori around here. Love the new outfit in the interview segment. We won't go into that. But she <laughs> comes in. Emmanuel sees the note from Michelle. He reads it. It's lovely. He had yelled, I love you to her as she exited the challenge, uh, the lair last episode. And Tori lets him know, hey, was that the first time you said the word love you to her? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? You can't do that. Uh, but that makes it very clear in the interview room that maybe she's okay. She makes it clear, hey, I don't think Emmanuel and Michelle were in love. I just think everyone wants to cuddle with someone. And now Emmanuel doesn't have anyone to cuddle with, and neither do I. And maybe we'll cuddle. So expect to see some of that in the future. So we got four going on five couples-ish showmances, romances, lovers in the house, whatever you want to call them. A lot of romance going down. The third and final secondary storyline to quickly touch on is the vet dominance. Um, you know, it's a part of the main storyline of the rookies kind of giving up, but it's also kind of in the background of the flip side of the rookies giving up is that the vets just continue to absolutely obliterate the rookies. Five episodes in, zero vets have gone home via elimination. One of my predictions for this week is that one would. I got that one wrong. I got all three of my predictions this week for this specific episode wrong, but uh, two vets have gone home, Anissa and Nam, both do non-elimination loss reasons, injury and unknown with Nam. So the vet dominance and we get the CT, Devin, Kyle moment that we referenced earlier of them just kind of laughing of like, hey, we had a good strategy, but at this point, it's just being handed to us. We literally don't even have to do anything. This is insane. And it is insane. Um, the rookies have lost all leadership. Michaela tried. She went out. Uh, Kells tried, he went out, Corey tried, he went out, Michelle tried along with Corey, they went out together, 
all these rookies, the only ones that had had the stones or were in the situation where they needed to stand up, try to build something, try to get a vet, try to fracture that alliance. They're all gone, and what's left is a bunch of people paired with vets who think they're safe until they are taken away from that vet they're partnered with and no one willing to go against the vets. So they're completely dominant, but with that dominance, all of them dominating together, but I will say CT in particular, um, but CT, Devin, Nani, Tori, those four, to me, kind of above the rest of them. Those four are really standing out as kind of pulling the strings, no one's saying anything about them, no one's saying any names, but you know, Tori, first episode, maybe a tiny bit here, there, but since then, nothing, CT, Devin, Nani, Tori, even amongst the vets, have no one going for them, no one having any reason so far to go for them, even though CT is going to win, and they should all be going for CT, but um, those four really are dominating this game, quietly, confidently running this thing, we'll see how long that lasts, um, it should be said, as we just alluded to seconds ago, CT is going to win. Um, but he finally had an episode where he showed out. We finally got a lot of CT, not just because he won the daily challenge. He was in the interview room over and over and over. He's providing amazingly. This guy is reality TV gold. Even if he's trying everything he can do to stay in the background, MTV put him in the foreground. Whatever he says in the interview room, just make this the only interview can be CT. That's fine. He can literally narrate the entire episode. He's so good at it. Uh, but CT finally shown out and then we get the moment halfway through the episode. He wins the daily challenge. We're like, all right, great. Not only is he front and center again, but now he's going to have to get his hands dirty. He's going to have to make a decision. He's going to have to, you know, burn is going to let him pull all the strings here. He's going to maybe be the one that picks a vet finally makes, you know, makes all these hard decisions. And then no, no, no. Two rookies, both volunteer. Essentially CT's hands are clean. Burna's hands are clean for that matter. The vets hands are clean. The vet dominance continues, and those were your secondary storylines. So we got romance. We got the Big Brother Alliance ended, but not in the way we thought. We have the veteran dominance, especially CT and Devin Nani Tori, kind of in that second tier of dominance amongst the third tier of the rest of the vets in the house. And now with that, let's move on. This is the fifth professional sport after all. So we got to talk about the sporting events, the daily challenge and the elimination. Let's break those down, give them a score before moving into our awards. All right, it's athletics time. Let's talk about the daily challenge first. First off, loved it. Absolutely loved the daily challenge that they put forward. A physical mental blend. Great overall. Felt very reality competition show type of challenge, steering more and more into that um, as much as I always love to say, you know, the challenge was first, the challenge is top of the class. We give respect to the show Survivor as being the only other one in tier A with the challenge is that premier competition reality show. And this this daily competition steered much more into that kind of survivor lane that the challenge has been in its fair share as well of being the type of kind of physical mental blend that only exists as a sport on these types of shows that is wholly different from anything else going on in the world around it in the world of sport and we loved it they have to again just to kind of recap what they're doing 
They both partners start in the middle of a big old long field, and the women are going out one way, the men are going out one the other way. They both have the same obstacle course with what I believe was four stages to it, where you have to go through stage one, get a puzzle, come back, put it in the middle, go through stage one and two, get a puzzle, come back, go through stage one, two, three, and so on and so forth till you get all the four puzzle pieces. Then you solve a math problem, give the answer to that math problem to your partner who opens their chest or their safe gets the last puzzle piece. Once you have all 10 puzzle pieces, you get to put it together together. First one done wins. So it was kind of like Tough Mudder, um, you know, physical uh, obstacle course competition meets puzzle at the end, meets math competition in the middle, which tripped up almost every one of our teams. And I loved every single part of it. I think these types of challenges are great. And again, uh, reminded me of, you know, not something exactly that'd be on Survivor. It's kind of the challenge take on a Survivor type mental, finding a way to just do a puzzle in the end, but make some sort of physical challenge on the way to doing that puzzle. And again, just kind of, you know, reality competition gold as far as like, this is what these shows are kind of built on. This is what's different about this sport, if you will, from those other, from any other sport that actually exists out there. So really liked it a lot. Um, one comment that we had written down is, uh, the producers are really into safes this season. They really like a good safe. Um, I guess they're just playing, you know, that's what they've come up with as the most spy like thing, um, that they can introduce to keep everything on theme. But this is like the third or fourth of what five challenges that have included opening a safe, which is just hilarious. There was no gems inside this time or diamonds or anything of that nature. Um, we mentioned before it was a tough mutter of sorts. I used to work for a company that put on 5k mud runs. So I very much had some reminisce moments of seeing this and thinking, oh, it'd be fun to be very fun to do yet. Another one of the few challenges that, you know, there was no helicopter. There was no jumping off of a cliff. There was no big yacht involved. There was no, um, you know, sports car involved, any of that. It was just crawl through the mud, do an obstacle course. But at the same time, I was so into it. I want to do it. Create the amusement park already. Survivor challenge. Get together. Create the amusement park. Let me come try all these events with all my friends, please. And thank you. So liked everything about it. Um, The only thing I thought was maybe missing was an endurance element of sorts. I mean, it had it was an endurance element as far as they had to keep going back and forth through the obstacles over and over. But um, I thought maybe just if there was any little tweak they could have added. Um, well, I'm sure at some point we're going to kind of get one or two of those mini challenge at, or excuse me, mini final esque daily challenges that really test their endurance to show the whole house and partners and whatnot, what they're working with. I would have loved if maybe this one after the first three legs of the obstacle course, the fourth leg, the, which they only had to do the one time to get that final puzzle piece way out there would have involved like maybe like a half mile sprint out to that final obstacle in puzzle piece and back to make a little running element a part of it. But otherwise, amazing challenge. Winners and losers from this daily. Winners, Emmanuel looks really good. Sprints out way to a lead. He's he's clearly got the speed on his side. And again, while, you know, there was some endurance, not all your endurance as far as running a finals and considered endurance type, but some physical endurance involved in this. He looked great. He and Casey both looked good. We know what to expect from Casey, though. We didn't know from Manuel. So a Manuel, that that team, that pairing 
both winners, but Emmanuel especially kind of showing what's up, showing that, you know, um, he's he's got the goods on the physical side, the cardio side, the endurance side, the running side for sure. Um, and they get to the puzzle first. They ultimately don't win, but they're one of two teams to even have a shot at winning. Uh, Logan also looked really, really good and seemed to be maybe in second place on the guy side when Anissa went down and they eventually, you know, were just taken out of the competition. And then Berna on the female side dominating her and Casey seemed kind of locked neck and neck the whole way through getting to that puzzle, uh, you know, pretty much at the same time. So she really showed out and showed yet again, she's a force to be reckoned with. She already had the elimination win. Now she's looking really strong in a couple different daily challenges. So Emmanuel, Logan, Berna, definitely the three kind of biggest winners, um, you know, along with CT, who obviously won alongside Berna, but Emmanuel, Logan, Berna, winners of the daily challenge in my mind, as far as like, really showing themselves good. The losers in my mind, everyone that doesn't know how to do math, which is almost everyone. Uh, Nelson, Gabo, and Casey kind of get singled out, but it's it's not just them. They might have been highlighted, but it seemed like almost every single person ended up getting to the stage of the math problem and not being able to figure out the math problem. Sands you know, Anissa and Logan, who, you know, were eliminated before that because of Anissa's injury. And then the two teams, CT Berna and Emmanuel Casey, who made it through it to get to the puzzle itself. Everyone else, um, you know, I'm going to assume because he's smarter than to give the challenge edit gods the opportunity to make him look really dumb. I assume Ev- uh, Devin got the math problem and was fine with it by all the shit he was talking in the interview room about everyone else not being able to do the math problem. But for the most part, across the board, these people can't do math, um, and it's hilarious. So keep giving them math problems. I want a whole. I want one daily challenge to literally just be: here's ten math problems. You all have to do it on your own, and we just get like the the poker cam of the table of just them on their whiteboard trying to figure out math problems over and over. I think that would be great. So a lot of losers, a couple winners. Scorecard wise, visually, this was kind of like a B, nothing spectacular, but some nice moments in the mud involved always plays well. Some of the the photos, all of the challengers were putting out in anticipation of the episode were great. So visually, a B, some good, some not so great. Um, Difficulty wise, B plus. This was certainly really hard. It was not on that impossible A level, like holy cow, how did anyone finish this type of daily challenge? But very, very difficult, very taxing, a good test a good way to size up all of the competitors theater wise a minus uh you know i liked making it a total partner effort while letting the males size up the males and the females size up the males it was really well executed in that way to make this like hey this is uh you know 50 50 you both partners have to do their job to get this win but at the same time all the women get to look across and see how they do versus each other. All the males get to look across, see how they do versus each other. They get to look at each other's partners and see how they do. All of that was really, really great. So overall, I would say about a B plus. Really, really liked. Not quite strong enough to give it into that A range. I'm picky about what daily challenges to give an A. Overall, B plus. So with that, let's move to the elimination. The other sporting event of the episode, the elimination, as always, <sighs> comes with... You know, almost all of them come with questions. This one, just one specific question. They almost always usually have one specific question that I wish we could get like a producer in a little picture in picture to answer for us. But with this one, the question that really impacts this game was how much was the harness helping them climb up that rope? Because they 
flew up the rope the first few times. And with respect to Gabo and Logan, who both are athletically doing great, much better than I, um, you know, perfectly capable of climbing a rope. Um, it's got to be said, it's not easy to climb a 15-foot rope once, let alone over and over and over. And it seemed like all all they each climbed it, I don't know, we at least saw each of them climb it five or six times. And with how many puzzle pieces there were and how many they were kind of flipping over and putting in each time they came down, I would imagine this is one of those that went way, way longer than what we saw and maybe was like, you know, 30 minutes long. They each climb up it like a dozen or more times. And that's pretty incredible to be able to keep climbing up that. And just the the speed with which they did in the first couple of cents, all arms fast, fast, fast up that thing. Obviously, their harness was helping them a little bit. It wasn't like lifting them up. They were climbing by, you know, so don't get me wrong there. They were climbing. They were doing work, but they weren't climbing with 100% of their body weight. There was some little bit of help there, and I just want to know how much. And also, was it balanced between them? Was it weight adjusted between them? Gabo, I assume, weighs a tiny bit more than Logan. Maybe Logan's taller. Gabo's a little bit thicker. Who knows? But that's my question for production. I have one almost every single one of these eliminations, but uh, that one, I, I am interested to know how that affected, if it affected this elimination at all. Um, next note on this, this type of puzzle is way harder than it looks. When you first see it, you're like, it's a game of memory. There's like 20 pieces or whatever. You just got to memorize it and go down and put it together. That's easy, right? Um, it's straightforward, but that doesn't mean it's easy. These pieces in the heat of the moment are confusing as hell to look at all these different shapes and to not only have to get them in the right order, but have them facing the right direction, all that. So I always want to make sure it's said with these types of things that yes, us viewing at home, the moment we see it, we're like, oh wow, it's just a game of memory. That's easy. Put the same, go up there, look at it, look down, see if you got it right, go down, put the piece in place. But a lot harder in the moment than that. Good showing from both. Gabo and Logan both, I think, showed out, showed up, did a great job. And, uh, you know, Logan gets the win in the end, but it should be said, um, you know, first there's, it looks like, uh, Logan's going to run away with it. It looks like Gabo just can't keep up on the mental side is only doing a couple pieces at a time to Logan's, you know, a bunch of pieces at the time. And then all of a sudden we see Logan do his first check and one it's wrong, but two more importantly, the, the way the edit worked, the, when we see Logan do his first check, you're, we're, it seems to us be based on what we've seen so far in the edit that we saw that Log, like Gabo's maybe half done with this board or something. Like Logan's way, 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 way in the lead and it's just over. And then they say, Logan, you got it wrong. And then they pan out to a wide view right as they tell Logan that he got it wrong. And Gabo has all but maybe two or three pieces in his board. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Logan's wrong. And Gabo's almost done. So maybe he's more in this than we thought. So quickly, out of nowhere, it goes from a blowout to super competitive. And then it, it pains me to say it, but there was quickly, right immediately when it was done on Instagram, a couple screenshots shown that from you know, Gabo, two screenshots next to each other with Gabo's answer key and Gabo's board. And Gabo appears based on these screenshots, to have had everything 100% right and have just not asked for a check fast enough. And that's brutal. I mean, if, it, you know, they made it seem like a tight race, but if it literally was like 
They both got a couple checks wrong. They both went up one final time. They came down. They flipped a couple things over. Logan calls for the check, and he gets it right. And in that moment, Gabo also had everything 100% right, but Logan just asked for the check sooner. My goodness. It just, you know, it... it it pains me because because uh, as much as I like both these, as I talked about earlier, I liked all I like all the rookies that keep going home. I like every single one of them, and I I've loved Gabo. I loved everything. Gabo was front and center this whole episode. We're going to talk about a lot of his quotes here coming up soon, but um, he had it. It seemed like he had it. They both had it, and you know, Logan just calls for the check earlier. So that was the elimination. Logan gets to win. Gabo goes home. The final note on the elimination is about halfway through the episode. I got a little bit nervous. Once it was kind of clear that it was Logan versus Gabo, I was worried that we're on episode five, and in recent seasons, they've brought in one of, if not multiple, of kind of the iconic eliminations early and often. And I was like, we're in episode five. I feel like we could be on the verge of not a hall brawl, because I think almost for sure, whenever they're going to bring a hall brawl, we're going to know about it going in. We're going to see it on the next week on, just a glimpse of it to kind of get that anticipation built. But thought we might be on the verge of a pole wrestle, a not-so-fast, a balls-in, one of the other kind of staple, all-time great eliminations. And once we knew it was Gabo and Logan, with respect to them, I like both of them. They're both good competitors. If, if they would have done one of those competitions, it would have been a really good, fun, competitive competition. I'm sure of that, but... We, you know, I got nervous. I was like, I want, I want to see these iconic eliminations, but I want, I want to see a pole wrestle with a couple people that I know and love and have known and love for multiple seasons in a row. I want to see if CT somehow ends up down there. I want to see he, him in one of these eliminations. If, if Tori goes down there, I want to see her in one of these eliminations. If Fessy and Josh decide to square off an elimination, I want it to be a pole wrestle or a hall brawl or balls in or not so fast, something like that. So, um, glad that there, that there wasn't one of those glad we just got a cool, interesting, fun elimination. That wasn't one of the iconic ones, but eagerly awaiting for maybe next week. Um, uh, but hopefully in the soon to come weeks, hopefully for this whole season, um, while I'm a big fan of doing one and done every elimination, not repeating the way they did on double agents, which I think was much more a circumstance of COVID and production amount of production, not being able to bring as much and everything with, whatever for another day. But I think this one is going to be much more like different elimination every single week. I want to see a pole wrestle. I know we're going to see one. I know I want to see a hall brawl. I know we're going to see one. I want to see a not so fast. I don't know if we're going to see it. I hope we do. I want to see balls in. Haven't seen it for a couple seasons. We better get it. I want to see all four of those iconic eliminations. I'm glad it didn't come this week. I hope it comes in weeks to come. So that's your elimination daily challenge. That's the fifth professional sport. Let's move into our final topics. Let's talk some awards. Let's hand out some hardware. All right, hopping into the awards. Let's hand out the hardware. As always, we've got five awards to hand out before we move into our power rankings and predictions. First award up, we start positive, then go negative on the strategy front. Best strategy of the episode. We have four nominees for best strategy. First one making what seems to be, I, don't, I didn't go back and look, but I think he's appeared almost every single episode in the best strategy category, Devin, for we get a quick little moment between at the bar, who does Logan go to to talk to on the vet side, but Devin, and they seem to have both a nice rapport and seem to clearly 
have maybe had some sort of deal been made. They're clearly aligned a little bit. So Devin sneaking in, making some rookie alliances on the side, running things on the vet side, making his little rookie alliances here and there where need be in case things go wrong on the vet side. Good strategy all around from Devin. Then we got Logan, the other one of those two that talked. Logan, when your partner goes home injured, you're a rookie. It's one of the few times where I totally understand uh, you know, putting yourself out there and saying, hey, I'll go in. You know, you know you're going in. You're the rookie. Every rookie that's been vulnerable has been put in over and over and over the whole season long. You just lose your partner, your kind of safety net, the one keeping you safe from everything with Anissa going home. And now, you know, it makes it so easy for CT and Berna to say, we only have to pick a guy now and it could be you. And then no one has to get mad. It's super easy. And he knows it. And so I agree with him. In this rare instance, I agree with someone saying, hey, I know I'm going in. I'll step up and just kind of try to, you know, take control in any way I can of leverage of who I go against or just leverage the situation, be confident about it. So I liked his strategy and I was totally okay with him saying, I'm happy to go against Gabo that, you know, it's not an easy opponent by any means, but there's not a lot of easy opponents out there that anyone's going to agree to. So I'll take him. I'm not super afraid of him the way I would be maybe a couple other people that could be the only other possibilities for who you throw in. So Logan nominated for best strategy for that handling that situation. Well, third nominee CT. He's had great strategy all season long. It's the reason he's a four-time champ and he's using the same strategy he used to win double agents, an invasion of, you know, just sitting 100% in the background. He doesn't want his hands dirty. He doesn't want to be a part of anything. He just wants to be there and be left alone and slowly but surely wade his way all the way to a final where he whoops everyone's ass. And he was doing it again in this season or on this season. And in this episode, he finally, by winning the daily challenge, we think he's front and center. He's got the power. He has to make a decision now, but then he gets away scot-free. He doesn't have to get his hands dirty, as he says, and he plays it perfectly in the nomination room of saying, hey, a couple things have been talked about, but the main thing that's been talked about is these two guys want to go in. You should go in. That's great. I'll be honest. That makes it easy for me, and I love it being easy on me. Everyone's in agreement. Good. You're going in. Great strategy play there from CT. And finally, the fourth one, a bit of a group nomination, but Casey in particular, along with all the other vet women who decide to side with Fessy over Josh. I think this was two things at play. From Casey specifically, I think her and Fessy are just a lot closer than they are with Josh. Those two played Big Brother together on the same season and were aligned then. They've come in and played every season of the challenge together. And I think they were just always kind of like, you know, Amber's number four in this theoretical if she's a part of the Big Brother Alliance, but also Josh is number three. It's Casey and Fessy, Fessy and Casey. Josh is the third one out. And I think that played a part in her role. But then the rest of the vet women, as we mentioned earlier, I think just decided that, hey, whether it was a smart move or not, we, one, don't necessarily want to run a final against Amber. She won the last one, dominating fashion. We don't want to go against her in this one. And two, if we had to end up being partnered with any of these guys, we'd probably prefer to be partnered with Fessy over Josh. As much as he has shown to maybe not be the best partner at times, the most supportive, 
he is still physically probably superior to Josh in their minds and mentally from a puzzle standpoint. Neither of them has shown themselves to be some like puzzle wizard. Neither of them has shown themselves to be some complete dud who can't solve, you know, two times two or whatever. You know, Josh had trouble with eight times nine, but that was in the heat of the moment last season. So we'll give him a pass. But uh, good strategy, by, I thought, by Casey of siding with just, you know what, we're going with Fessy over you, Josh. I'm sorry. But I'll ride with him if I've got to ride with one of you over the other and all the other vet women the same. If they've got to pick between the two, who they want to have around, they're okay with him targeting Amber. They don't want to go against her, and they're okay with Fessy being there and not Josh if they end up having to be partnered or helped or aided by one of a guy in a final partner with someone. They'd probably prefer him over Josh. So good strategy there. Four nominees. I'm going to give the award to Casey and to the vet women. It was a big surprise that they chose Fessy over Josh, that Fessy kind of had no repercussions from what went down last episode. But I think ultimately now that we've thought through it, it it, it was really good strategy and it's probably the right call on their part. And so Casey will get the best strategy award here and she will share it with an ensemble of the Tori, Anissa, Nani, and whoever else was in that room that we're forgetting. On to the worst strategy. We went positive, now let's go negative. Worst strategy of the night. Um, Three nominees, uh, pretty obvious nominees. We'll start with, I guess, the least obvious of them, and that is Emmy. Emmy nominated for worst strategy just for her attitude overall. I get it. She gets put with, you know, Gabo, and now they're the rookie-rookie pair. They think they're going in. But, you know, I feel like she's someone that everyone in the house does like and could really, really like and not want to throw in, even in this circumstance of being on the rookie rookie team. But she's always, you know, wearing those emotions on her sleeve, which sometimes is great and sometimes just brings the mood down when she's so upset and it brings her partnership with Gabo down. And, you know, she gets real bummed out about him not being able to do the math. It's not clear that she could do the math. It's not clear that anyone in that challenge could do the math. It's not something to get that upset over. So, um, just kind of her overall approach to this. We'll see if it changes with Huey, which <laughs> odds on it's not going to. That I just can't wait to see the two of them have to work together. I'm imagining it's going to be short-lived. One episode and done. I imagine they're going to be, end up in elimination. Whether they win or lose, they'll split up, either go home or split up. Um, but can't wait for Emmy and Huey. But she's worst strategy nominee number one. Huey, speaking of him, number two. How do you get yourself involved during that nomination? Just sit back. Don't say anything. How do you end up standing on your chair, chair yelling that you're not a bad person? I am interested to watch Aftermath, see if he got any votes after that. But, um, you know, even now that he's in the rookie-rookie pairing and is going to be targeted probably because of that, definitely not doing himself any favors in that nomination. When two people are clearly going in, being the one who butts in and says, wait, what about me? Maybe I could be the third option. Just don't do that. Bad strategy there, but third, and honestly, the winner of the worst strategy, as much as it pains me to say, um, because he had such a stellar episode all around, is Gabo. Um, Call out Huey, Gabo. Huey, as we just said, gave himself up in the nomination, somehow put himself out there as that third option between you, Logan, and then he throws himself into the middle of everything. You want his partner anyways, and that's the main part. It's not about, you know, Gabo should have realized that, like, hey, Huey might be easier to beat than Logan, although, you know, take any physical thing out of it, just the emotional and seeing Huey while he won that last elimination be easily caught up and talking shit in the middle of it and getting riled up. If you think this is going to be a one-on-one male-on-male elimination where he's not going to have a partner there to kind of keep him focused at all, 
go after the guy that's highly emotional that, you know, you match up with physically well and that mentally, you know, even if you're doubting yourself mentally, at least go for the guy that can can get riled up enough to be able to clog whatever mental advantage he has over you. You can kind of get fuzzed up by the fact that he might get really stressed out and anxious in that scenario. And then more importantly, just call him out from a strategy standpoint of if you have said openly you're going to take his partner, then if you go in versus Logan and you win and you take Nani, Huey has made it known you will now be his enemy. He does not like that. He will try to take your partner back. So if you want to take his partner anyways, take him out. Then if you do win and you take that partner, Nani, that you want, you now also don't have the enemy of Huey in the house because you've eliminated the person that you're going to piss off by taking Nani. So I think the strategy there was clear. The moment Huey threw himself in there, he could have turned that nomination and said, hey, guys, Logan lost his partner. You know, Anissa had to go home. That's rough. Um, you know, he's done doing really well. I think you should throw me in. You wanted to pick the rookie rookie pair. Go ahead. Throw me in. I want to go against Huey. I want his partner. I will fight him for the partner. Throw me in, pick Huey, and the two of us will go against each other. And I think CT would have said, done. Sure. Great. That's what we'll do. And I think that would have happened. Maybe, maybe, maybe just because they weren't a hundred percent sure it was guy, guy only CT would have been like, no, I don't want to take any chance that Nani's going in. I think Nani would have voiced maybe. No, I don't want to take any chance. I want Gobble to win and pick me, but I don't want to take any chance. I end up in there too. So regardless, Gabo, worst strategy. I think you should have called out Huey for many reasons there. He gets the award for the worst strategy, but he also will be heavily featured in the next segment. Best quote of the episode. Um, we, we have 11 nominees for best quote. But really, we have six. It's just that Gabo by himself had six different hilarious little interview moments. He dominated this. This could have just been what was Gabo's best quote of the episode, which essentially is what it's going to be. But uh, to give them the respect, first, the other five nominees that didn't come from Gabo, even though they kind of came from you know two people across the five now that I'm looking at the list. First, we had... TJ and Devin combo, TJ's little comeback over uh, Devin's comment about being born in the mud and TJ comes back with him a little zinger. TJ, TJ really showing out, making his opinions on all these challengers known. So take it away, TJ. Let us know what you think about Devin and his mud talk. I was born in the mud. That is true. He is a pig. So. (laughs) Then we've got Devin two more times, which we'll just play these back to back for you to kind of keep it rolling here. But first we had him there there um, on, on the math abilities of everyone else. Again, we don't know that Devin got his math problem right, but knowing how uh, smart enough he is to not allow himself after last season, he talks all that shit and loses and says in the interview, oh my God, I'm the guy that talked all that shit and then I lost. What a loser. Um, I don't think he's going to set himself up for that kind of failure in the editing room. So I think he probably handled the math fine. Calls out in the interview room all the other cast math abilities in hilarious fashion and then follows it up very uh, a little bit later in the episode talking about Emmy and Gabo and their abilities and lack thereof in certain respects, except for the fact that they may have looked like they both murdered several people. So two quotes from Devin here. Those are. This is real. Like we legitimately one third of the cast doesn't know how to divide by two. How are you still alive? 
Emmy and Gabo have an absolute 0% chance of winning any missions. Uh, this could be arguably the worst team ever assembled. And although they both look like they've murdered several people in their lives, I don't think that's going to be a strong enough bonding force to get these two over the hump. And then CT also got in on the action, gets nominated two different times. We'll play them back to back as well. First one on are both of them kind of related. So these ones kind of almost go together, but they were two separate interview segments a, a moment or two away from each other. But first him on Berna and her taking circus, not math class. And then also related to the math abilities of Berna His all I need from you is this quote that came shortly after. So here are both of those from CT. What? I'm sorry. Did you say circus? That's a thing. You mean like recess? No. Apparently, she didn't take math in school. She took circus. I don't care if you can bear crawl through a mud pit. I don't care if you can climb over a wall. What I really care about is you adding, subtracting, multiplying, and dividing an eighth grade math problem. That's all I need from you. Really, really love having him uh, back front and center in this episode. He's been quiet. He's barely been seen this whole season. As we've talked about over and over, we think he's going to win this season. No spoilers, just our belief. And uh, glad to see him front and center finally in here. But now let's get to Gabo. None of those. Those were all nominees. None of them win. Gabo wins quote of the week. It's just for which one, which... Um, I'm not even going to pick one. I'm just saying Gabo wins quote of the week. We'll put this up on Instagram later in the next day or two, and you guys can help me decide which of Gabo's many amazing interview moments and quotes from this episode were the best. But running through all of six of them really quick. First, we had him explain what he would like to do with the money when he wins. And spoiler alert, yes, he would like to help his family, but also he would like to buy a few things. Let's hear what those things were from Gabo himself. I really want to win the challenge. I want to help my family so bad. And above that, I want to buy sports cars, watches, and I just want to party all day, all night. Then sticking on the topic of vibes, Emmy bringing horrible vibes. Gabo trying to get a pump in, knowing he's probably going to go into elimination, trying to just get that little workout in, work on those popcorn muscles, and Emmy's not having it, and that's not what Gabo's looking for. So let's hear the third of six nominated quotes from Gabo. Emmy and Nani are total opposites. When I'm with Emmy, I'm just feeling the bad vibes around her, which is not cool. I'm living for the good vibes. Then in elimination, he mentions that his IQ might not be very high, in, but that other, that other one could be high. Um, but what was that other one? Let's, let's see. I think he figured it out in the end. Let's hear that one from Gabo. I'm not really a puzzle guy. I was hoping for we're going to have some physical contact stuff. My IQ is not that high, but what's the other one? EQ. Yeah, my EQ is quite high. And then my, well, while I'm not going to necessarily pick a winner of these six as Gabo just in general wins quarter of the week, the final two, both during the elimination, loved every bit of them. First, he's climbing up the rope. Logan's dying. Cabo's making his comeback. He's not getting tired at all, and he lets us know his arms. They ain't getting tired. What are they getting, Gabo? Let's hear it. My arms aren't getting tired. They're just getting pumped. Logan is tired, 
I might be able to catch up right now. And then finally, the Jersey Shore reference. Uh, this man has made it no bones about it. He grew up idolizing the Jersey Shore. All he wants to do is to live the Jersey Shore lifestyle, be on the Jersey Shore, be on American reality television. He finally does. Congrats to you, Gabo, on doing that. And in the final moments, he thinks he might be able to pull this win out after all. And he prays not to God, but to who? Take it away. He got it. He got, got it. it. Mike, the situation, listen, my praying. I'm praying to Mike the situation right now. So I'm sure we're going to win. It's not right. Wow. So those are your six nominees from Gabo. All of them added up. He wins quote of the week. For one of them, you can decide later. Check out Challenge Historian on Instagram. I'll put all of them up, the clips of them. You can vote on which one's your favorite. But Gabo, quote of the week. Now let's move to moment. Best moment of the week. We have six nominees. We'll go through them quickly. First one was a very quick moment. In fact, Kyle, right before as they're leading into the daily challenge, he and CT getting ready. Kyle puts on some glasses. He gives a look and then the glasses flash in colors loved every bit about that little memeable moment between kyle and ct then speaking of ct his moment kind of a two-part moment for him similar to his two-part quote we just talked about at the end of the daily as he wins first in the uh in the interview room, he gives a little nice shadow boxing. I got the puzzle dub interview quote that's really great. And just him looking good, excited, celebrating is all great. And that leads right into his pep talk to Emmy. Emmy's down on herself afterwards. And CT comes, grabs her by the shoulders and lets her know, talks her back up, brings her confidence back up, stops her from having another emotional breakdown. That old pep talk, I would give anything for CT to give me a pep talk. Um, so that moment, everything about that moment was amazing. And speaking of people, I would love to give me a pep talk. If I couldn't have CT, uh, a, a worthy second place finish in those rankings would be Nani. I would I would do anything to have Nani give me a little pep talk. And she gives one to Gabo. And that whole moment, Nani reminiscing about, you know, people have doubted me from my physical abilities. This guy's doubting himself as a rookie. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see any rookie feel like that. I'm going to talk him up. He's my former partner. I hope him to be my future partner. So that little pep talk from Nami, Nani, that is great. And um, a small moment in one of the only moments that did reflect on that Big Brother alliance and everything that happened last episode that we thought was going to be center stage wasn't. We discussed that at length. But the moment, the only single moment after that very original little powwow between who's on whose side between Josh and Fessy was in nomination. <laughs> um, CT lays everything out. It's all clear. It's like these two are going in. Do you two want to say anything about you going in, Gabo or Logan? And somehow Fessy decides he has to pipe in and say, look, you know, CT's made it clear who, you know, he wants to keep his hands clean, and I get it. We're all playing a clean game here. And he mentions everyone playing a clean game, and Amber standing next to him just gives him a look and says, wait, 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 really? Who's playing a clean game? Fassie, explain that to me. Who? Who? And just the whole, the fact that he <laughs> said that with her, with said that at all, let alone with her standing next to him was just amazing, and I loved everything about that little moment. Um, and then we had another nominee, Gabo, 
another very small little tiny thing, but if you didn't catch it, know that leading into the layer, the little montage of everyone putting on their, their outfits and their and their gear, getting geared up for the layer, Gabo put on a bunch of cologne, and I just loved the like two and a half second little him spraying and getting himself with the cologne um, before he knowingly was going to go into the layer, so that was great. And then final moment, a few moments wrapped into one, all things Big T and Logan, everything about their uh, romance on this episode, loved every single second of it, from the wrestling to the canoodling in bed to getting grilled and poked fun by Kyle at breakfast, everything about it, all things Big T and Logan. So those are your nominees for the best moment of the episode, but I'm going to have to go with a dual win. We're going to give out co-best moment awards to Nani and CT for their pep talks to Gabo and Emmy, respectively. Uh, again, uh, I'm sure they're probably both on Cameo. Maybe I can hit them up and get them to give me a pep talk for some hypothetical scenario. But would love a pep talk from Nani. Would love a pep talk from CT. They both did a great job and just really cool to see them do that. And it was just lovely. So they get the best moment of the week for those. And that brings us to our final award, the MVP of the episode. There was a bunch a handful of nominees on this one. Not as many as some weeks prior. It was a little easier to narrow down. We had... Three nominees that received votes that weren't the winner and a fourth that then take home the win. Those receiving votes not winning were CT. You know, he got the daily win. His dominance was visual now and not so much in the background. He was kind of center stage in the mid part of this episode. We loved everything. We love CT. It's great now that we actually are seeing him on this season. If he's going to end up winning like we think, then let's see it. Let's have some great moments. Let's, you know, let him run the show. That's great. So he got some votes. Berna also got votes. Same, similar reason. Daily win. Her and Nelson, by all accounts, from the flashes we see in this episode, going strong. So her, you know, relationships in the house and her alliance is going strong. She's looking good. She's showing that she's one of the females to be reckoned with on the physical side. So she receives some votes. Logan, the elimination win, the romance with Big T, handled the Anissa injury and exit well, playing pretty strategically. All of that would make it seem like he should be the MVP of the episode, but he received votes he did not win because the winner is Gabo. I'm sorry. I mean, I know the man uh, got sent home, and this is the end, but that's even more reason to recognize that this was the Gabo episode. He dominated it. Everything he did was delightful. He lit up the screen. He was wonderful. We loved everything about it, and yes, he might have had pretty bad strategy at moments. He might have lost the elimination, but he brought a smile to our face over and over and over again. He did well in, you know, he did well in a losing effort in the elimination. He did well in a losing effort in the daily challenge. He wasn't the only one, even if he was singled out for being one of the ones that wasn't good at math. He wasn't the only one that couldn't figure that math stuff out. And just all around this episode started and ended and in the middle, everywhere through it, it was the Gabo episode. And we loved it. We loved getting to have a nice episode about him before he exited. And we do hope to see him back. So, Gabo, the MVP. Those are your awards for this week's episode, episode five. Let's finish it out with some power rankings then. As for the power rankings this week, um, we are going to continue to keep it team-based power rankings because, you know, while we thought that that might change early on, it's still, you know, these teams are, these teams are starting. There's a little, mostly just because it's been on these one-on-one eliminations a couple times, but 
it, the teams are starting to stick together a little more, and the good teams, the teams that are on this power ranking, seem like ones that aren't going to get broken up as easily, with the exception of one. But top of the list, yet again, and you know they're not moved. They're coming off a daily challenge win, so they're not they're not moving from the top of the list. CT and Berna, we think you know if they stick together the whole time, I think they're both going to win. I think CT's winning whoever he's ended up partnered with, and Berna seems like a great partner to lead him help him to another victory here. So CT Burnham, number one, Tori and Ed, number two. I don't think Tori and Ed are going to be together super long because I think Tori is going to be picked at some point as the next female choice um, by one of, if not multiple, males in a row. But as long as they're together, I really like Tori and Ed's chances. And I think they're flying a little bit under the radar while they're together. So they're number two. Casey and Emmanuel, number three. Emmanuel showing out, showing some that he's got that physical side. Casey sitting in a great position. The big brother stuff not really coming back in her face like we thought it was. And, you know, solid with the rest of the vets. Got Nani there. Got a good partner. Casey and Emmanuel, number three. Fessy and Esther, number four. They had another good, solid showing in the daily challenge. Fessy somehow got out of this mess without, you know, with pretty much everyone on his side, not Josh's. So where I would have thought maybe this would have been Josh and Amber, you know, coming into this episode, I would have said, predicted that my power rankings might have had Josh and Amber in it. Flipped Fessy and Esther still looking strong, like a really, really strong team in the competitions and with a strong team in the alliances. And then fifth is the vet vet duo of Kyle and Amanda. Everything's died down on the Kyle front. Amanda seems to be sailing along smoothly with all of her relationships, not a threat to anyone. And both of them, I think, are going to fly under the radar competitively enough that no one's going to target them for the same reason they might a CT or someone of that nature where they're like, at some point, we got to get this person out because we don't want to run a final against them. So CT Burner number one, Toria number two, Casey Emanuel number three, Fessy Esther number four, Kyle Amanda number five. And we'll end the episode on some predictions. A quick recap. We, on this show, we make one prediction a week to add to our list of season-long predictions. On our Tuesday review preview shows, we make episode-specific predictions, which we went over for 3 for the first time this week, but we'll talk about that on next week's Tuesday review preview show. For this one, we've made six prior predictions. Quick update on those. First one, Tori, five partners on the season or more. That one is still in play. She's on number three partners. Fessy, first vet targeted. We got that one wrong. So that one is officially wrong and done. CT is going to win. Still in play. Still believe it. CT is going to win. That was our first and most kind of fervent prediction. We stand by it. He's going to win. Devin will make it further than Josh. Still in play. Looking better than it did a week ago. Now that Josh seems to be a little bit on the outs. Fifth one, Ed will make the final. Still in play. Sixth one that we made last week. Bad timing on this one. Didn't it take, take long to be proven wrong? We said Anissa will make the final, and she exited with an injury. So of the six we've made so far, four in play, two of them proven wrong. The one we'll add this week is I'm going to go ahead and cross off Josh and Amber. Josh and Amber will not be making a final. Either of them, I'll say both of them. I could go a little smaller and just pick one of them to say not making a final with both of them. I think after the events of last episode and then into this episode seeing where they ended up um, from where we thought they were going to end up. I just don't see, I think both of them are eventually going to be targeted a couple of times. And even if they could win an elimination, I think they're going to see multiple eliminations if they win their first one or second one um, or third one or whatever Amber ends up in. But I think both of them are going to end up out before the finals. So we'll add that to the list. We'll add that as our seventh prediction. Josh and Amanda, no finals for that partnership. 
And with that, that's everything we got. That was a lot, a lot to cover. A great episode. Started on a really, really high note, kind of dipped in the middle, but then picked back up and had a great ending. The Gabo episode, we loved everything about it. CT coming front and center. The vets still dominating. A lot of romance in the air. The bars popping. A lot of good is coming from this season. It's still a really solid. I would still, right now, five episodes in, give the season like a B to B plus with the potential to move into an A category pending what happens here in kind of the middle run, the middle five to six episodes coming up on this season. So it's been good so far. It was a great episode. We loved it. We loved talking about it. We loved having you here listening to us talk about it. If you like this podcast, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed or following on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Subscribe, rate, review. If you leave a rating, please, five stars. Those things help us immensely, and we appreciate you for it. If you want more challenge content, follow us on Instagram, Challenge Historian on Instagram or YouTube. If you prefer the video version of these podcasts, check out YouTube, Challenge Historian. You can watch right along with the podcast as well if you prefer that method. So, Lots of ways to interact, lots of ways to watch. Follow us on Instagram, especially for we started tonight doing some kind of commercial break episode content during all the commercial breaks, going live for a minute here or there, doing some Instagram stories, asking some questions, giving you the opportunity to post some questions to us that you'd like us to answer on the podcast. So send those our way. But thank you for being here. Thank you to the Challenge and the Challenge Gods and Buna Murray and Viacom and everyone in this cast for making this a wonderful season so far. We're looking forward to the rest of it. We will be back next Tuesday to review this episode quickly again, preview the next episode, talk about anything that happened in the in-between time. Maybe we'll get another fire IG live from some cast members in the in-between. We will see. But we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. Until then, peace.